Well, good morning, everyone. It is really great to uh, be with you all today. And we are very blessed today have, to have my good friend, Simon Breaker, um, sharing with us. So good morning, Simon. How are you today? I'm good, my friend. How are you? I am doing really, really well. Thank you. Uh, hey, it's great to have you uh, on the broadcast and been really good just having a little bit of a catch up with you um, off air. Do you want to share a little bit with us? It's obviously been a very eventful year. Lots has gone on, uh, not just here in the UK. And obviously you're based in Leicester, you know, which certainly has been in the headlines a lot during this time. But do you want to just talk to us a little bit about you know, how this season has been for you? I think, um, I think we said before we came, uh, we, we came online, adaptability, flexibility is the, um, is the, 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 the buzzword, if you like, the underpinning statement of the season that we're in. And actually, we had a bit of a laugh yesterday. I was on a British, British Isles Council of Profits broadcast yesterday where we started doing the broadcasts at the beginning of the year and it and I was in a swing in the back garden with a cap on and <laughs> and we've moved now to I've got blooming lights and cameras and speakers and all this stuff and it has been a steep but a very positive learning curve and I think in all of the when I think about all of what's happened over the last 12 months um there's a lot of stuff I would rather not have had to do. I certainly would have rather not been locked down. I would rather not have not been able to travel. But then I look at the fact that in one day, I was in four nations in one day because of the fact that we've had to adopt, uh, adapt to be able to use te te you know, um, digital technology. I've seen people delivered from demons online while we've not, while, while we were live broadcasting, just to say. But we've just seen God move and it's just been amazing. And it's took it. I think what's been interesting is just going through the process of, of getting to that place where getting people to the place where we're used to sitting in front of a screen and observing rather than participating. Because we're all used to watching TV and you don't participate in the TV program generally. You, you watch it. But when you're receiving ministry, you're meant to engage and you're meant to receive. And it's just been interesting to see how over this year that has gradually become better and better and better to the point now really beginning to see God do wonderful stuff. So it has been stretching and it's not been easy, but I can see a lot of positive fruit that's going to last off the back end of it. Definitely. And it's been really great seeing you lean into this area of technology and learning lots of new things from scratch. Uh, I know like many others, it's like we're in a time where everyone's become a broadcaster or, or certainly yeah. most people have, um, which, you know, there's been challenges with that about learning new things, but also the potential uh, to get our voice out, to get the message out further is just uh, you know amazing i know that on our recent conference just on facebook alone uh we had 19,000 devices uh, really? connected wow. which is you know obviously you don't know some of those might be for a few seconds a few minutes some that will listen longer and and one device can mean multiple people watching on one device so there's been a lot of uh positives 
But of course, there is also the battle and challenge of distraction because online people are more likely to be distracted. And uh, if we're in the church room, if someone doesn't like what you've got to say, it's probably unlikely that they're going to walk out. Whereas if they don't like what you're saying online, <laughs> they'll just mute you, <laughs> go, go on something else, you know, watch another YouTube video. Or, but, uh, so talk to us a little bit more about, Simon, about some of the things that God has been teaching you, showing you. I know that you're very well networked uh, with different prophetic voices. And obviously, as you mentioned about being part of the prophetic council, um, what, what, what words are coming forward? What are you sensing that God is saying to the church where we're at now and also where we're looking to pivot as it looks like we're now starting to head out of this? Uh, we're hoping anyway. What, what, what do you sense God's saying to you, Simon? Well, it's interesting you're asking that. I think over the, I think it's probably going to be the end of this week. There's actually going to be a word that's going to be sent out from the British Isles Council of Prophets. So we, we met over two days and, um, and actually, I think there's about 30 of us prophets from England, Ireland, um, Scotland, and just, just came together to just share what the general consensus of stuff was. And, and it was interesting to hear in that what, what, what the joy of it is, is that you've got prophetic ministries from all different streams. It's not that there's one central kind of network that everybody's in. We're all in different networks. And we're all in different relational circles as well. And we're all in different churches. And therefore, when you all come together, it's not like we're on the phone every week to each other. When you come together, it's fascinating to see how common things begin to emerge. And I've got to be a bit careful because I'll probably get told off if I release the word before the word is broadcast. So I'm not going to give away too much because you need to read the word. But I will share what the Lord said to me. Um, and I wasn't very happy with him, to be honest, because I asked him what the word of the Lord was. And one of the things he said to me was this, was that 2020 has not been a shaking. And um, when he said that, I, I kind of responded, went, just talk for yourself. <laughs> because he spoke pretty shaky to me. Um, and his response to me was, is that 2020 is the pre-tremor. And that 2021 and 2022 are the times that the shaking's going to happen and and that we are going to navigate we're not through this and i'd love to go we're going to come into 2021 and we're all going to be like the woman on the mountain going the hills are alive <laughs> well, i just don't think that is what is going to happen and and we are still in a process i actually felt him say to me that we're in a three-year process and um and and that next year we're going to go through some more that there's going to be shaking obviously you don't really need to be a prophet to to see that there's going to be economic shaking there's going to be psychological shaking as a result um but in the midst of it one of the things i really felt strongly from the lord was that in all of that is going to be a major strategic door for mission and that there is going to be a big and already is actually and growing a door for us to be able to reach out with the gospel because in the midst of crisis, that's when the church should be shining the brightest. That, that rhymed, didn't it? That was good. Um, I was talking to, to a friend in another part of the country and they were saying to me that over lockdown, 
I forget, I don't want to exaggerate, but they've seen significant numbers of people saved through online alpha courses. And there's stuff happening at the same time. The other thing that the Lord said to me is, is that we are going to come into a place where the nation is going to go through an awakening in the area of church planting, particularly in rural areas. And we're going to see church planting in rural areas. And then mixed in with it, um, was the a few years ago i had a car crash unfortunately and um i had to get some physio because of some neck issues and i went into the physio i was reminded of this this week and the the guy i'm laying on the table he says now i want you to come to the top of the table i want you to put your head over the edge of the table i'm going to hold your neck and i'm there i had no idea what was going to happen next and it scared the flipping daylights out of me. And he went, click. And he started suddenly on <gasps> all of this stuff in my neck. And, and the, um, the Lord said this to me. He reminded me of that moment. And he said, in this next year, 2021, I'm going to take many leaders through a shock alignment. That there is some stiff neckedness that has kicked in. And I'm going to shake them. And I'm going to bring them out of this place where they've become stiff and immovable and their field of vision. Because I know with my neck, I can only move my neck about like this. And he said to me, I am going to bring about a shocking in the neck of the church so that the vision of the church begins to become broader rather than just narrow. But we're going to have a wider picture. Panoramic vision would probably be the word. So, so that's some stuff that's really been going on in my heart. And I'm excited about it, actually. That's really good, and um, I think you're right in terms of you know the shaking that's coming with the economy, uh, with mental health, with relationship, with health issues. I mean, so many different things, and and there is a great opportunity, isn't there, amidst um, those challenges? And and I think that people um, are realizing that the foundations that many people have built their lives on. Um, it's it's like shifting sand it, you know it, much of it is like quicksand and so they're looking yeah. for stability they're looking for hope they're looking for answers and we know that we have the answers to those problems to those um those challenges what what advice would you be giving to um us as the body of christ at this time uh, about how we can best be missional um at this time and also pivoting towards the new i think there's two things i, I was saying to you earlier one of them is around something that i've never noticed before around the um around the wine skin which i would imagine if there's if there's a text that a lot of leaders are probably talking about i haven't heard many but i would imagine this is something that is being talked about a lot what's the new wine skin you know what 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 is that and we We've all heard sermons about it. And we need the new wine skin to carry the wine. And the thing that I've, ne that I've never really considered and didn't actually know until recently is why put it in the wine skin at all. And the, and the reason is because the wine skin enabled them to put the wine or whatever liquid it was on the back of a horse or a camel without it bouncing about, it would sit against the camel, whereas a bottle would roll, of course. And the point being is this, the wine skin is to mobilize the wine. The wine skin is to see the wine go somewhere. And I think one of the big questions that 
the Lord is having all of us ask. And I, I think one of the things that's happened, it, I mean, we've been forced to be mobilized, really. We have, we have mobilized, if we're honest, if, if we're doing what I believe the Lord wants us to do, we're in the midst of a situation where he is re-empowering the church. And I think we're, having, we're going through this shift where um, whereas the, the focus was gather and let's pull everybody to the, to the conference or to the platform, suddenly we find ourselves in a position where the platform's not there and, and we're in the place where we're needing believers to build altars in their houses. And I think one of the things I'd say is, is this dynamic of how can we empower you where you are? How can we cause you to be church where you are? And how can we give you the tools for you to be able to do that rather than how can we get you to come to our next thing where we can spoon, spoon feed you? Not that training's bad, of course it's not. But there's a difference between teaching and equipping. And I think the, the, the season that the church is in is just that, 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 the God, that God wants us to equip and mobilize and empower. And one of the words he gave me over this, over this time is, is small is the new big. Mm. And, that, and that, you know, where one or two come together in agreement, there the presence of God is where any two agree on earth as it is in heaven. And, and I think we've got this situation where we have a golden opportunity to mobilize the saints. And as leaders, we've got to be secure enough to be willing to do it because I think, you know, it's like, are they even there? I mean, it, that's the challenge, isn't it? And I think that's the, that's the thing. I think any leader that's got control issues is probably, this is like going to be hard right now. So I think that's one of the things that's happening. The other thing that's happening um, I see this um, clash and this has been talked about years back. I didn't know it. I was talking to a friend of mine recently, the, the clash between Saul's style of leadership and David's style of leadership. That if you look at how Saul led, Saul led really from a from platform. He led from, you're all going to do this and um, I'm going to cut this oxen up. If you don't do it, that's what's going to happen to your oxen. <laughs> I mean, it's brutal, really, when you look at it. And then you compare that. Um, I'm going to make this legal now, like you told me to. Um, in Second Samuel 23, 14, is when David, it says, David was, um, let me read it. David was living in the stronghold at the time. I just want to just focus on just that one statement. David was living in the stronghold. Not David was holding on in the stronghold or surviving in the stronghold or waiting for when the stronghold wouldn't be needed anymore. But actually he was living there. And I think one of the things God wants for us is not for us to be in a holding pattern, waiting for this season to pass. What if lockdown lasted another 12 months? Yeah. I mean, I don't want it. You don't want it. None of us want it. But would we be thriving? Or are we in that place like the planes in the airport? And we're going, when am I going to get off of this? When are we going to get off? I feel like what God is wanting is, he's wanting us to flourish where we are. And for us to flourish where we are, we need to be where we are. And I think one of the enemy strategies is to try and create an escapist mentality in the body of Christ, in our mind saying, once this is all over, then I'm gonna. But actually it's, I'm in this now. How can I be fruitful now? I mean, talking personally, 
I started doing live broadcasts before lockdown started. And I've been amazed. I've been walking through the supermarket and I've had people I don't know stop me in the supermarket and say to me, you, you, you have saved me over this time. Literally, they said, I was on the brink of falling into depression and, and your broadcasts, I've latched onto them and it's given me hope. And I, I, I didn't really have a word of the Lord as per se. It was just what I could do at the time. And I think this is the thing that God wants. And following on from that, in the same text, you've got this dynamic where David's saying, wish I could have a drink from the well in Bethlehem. He, he didn't say wish. He says, I long for a drink from the well of Bethlehem. His guys, he doesn't say to them, so go and get me one. His guys were so close to him that they knew what his longings were. And that for me is a level of heart connection that I think God wants to create between us and him and between us and our people and between us as a church. I believe that one of the things that the Lord wants to do in the body of Christ right now is to create meaningful relational connection. And I think that's not what we've had. I think we've had sitting in rows staring at the back of somebody's head sometimes. But I feel like there is a, we're in this season where the Lord is saying, I want you to connect with me. I want you to stop in the season you're in long enough that you can find me in it and, and flourish in it and then find others in it. And there are people, those of you that are watching, there are people God wants you to find. And not all of them are Christians. Not all of them are in the church. And in this time, it's an opportunity for us to reach deeply into God and then reach deeply to others. And then the last thing, same text. What happens with David? It's interesting. It says, so free elite warriors. David rose up elite warriors. The interesting thing is, is these elite warriors were the guys who gathered to him a few chapters earlier. And it said they were the disgruntled, disillusioned, frustrated mystics. And he took those people and he turned them into warriors. And I think that's what's happening right now. I, I believe that people are getting disillusioned with churches all as normal. And I believe we have this moment where we can move from having church attenders, where we can have true disciples and where we can be true disciples. And I think, I know we've had conversations around this, um, this Daniel around, how do we disciple people? And I think we've got such golden opportunities. The season is full of hope. If we will stop long enough in it and live in the stronghold rather than endure it. That's brilliant. Absolutely love that. And I, I really do. It re resonates with me about this shift from positional leadership, you know, from, from a base of just title to that uh, relationship, that heart connection, because people will always do so much more um, when there's that sense of love and connection. And yep. David was a lover. He was, you know, lovers make the best warriors. Lovers yep. make the best fighters. And David was a man after God's own heart. But, you know, he even loved his sheep, you know, willing to lay down his life for a bunch of dumb old sheep. And yep. I think that's where God knew if this guy is willing to lay down his life for some, you know, animals which are known to be a bit stupid, 
<laughs> then I know that this guy will lay down his life, you know, for his nation, for his people. And yeah. uh, there's definitely been a real testing of our hearts um, in this time. And, you know, God, God is bringing about, I think it was, I think it was you that shared this before about that new seasons are often marked by new relationships. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, that's not to say we get rid of all of the old relationships. There will be uh, relationships uh, that will continue, but there will be new relationships um, as well. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about um, what does it look like to um, build better quality relationships and what does it look like to, to be part of discipling these elite warriors? Yeah, I think the, the what 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 it means. One of the things that it means, and I think this this is this. Is, you you can lead seven hundred people from a pulpit, but you can't build relationship with them. And and I think the thing of it is is that is that building quality relationship is costly on a personal level, and it requires us to be available. It requires us to be um, sacrificial. So I think about, um, and it requires for us to value, for, for us to begin to have a different value system, I, I think. I, I would rather have five people that I'm investing deeply into than 500 people that just hear a message. That's not to suggest that the mass training is not important, because it is. It is important. But all of us, regardless of who we are, need those those dynamics in fact the lord gave me a word i was on the british isles broadcast this week and a word came flying out my mouth and it and it, it was this you know god that we're in the season where where the lord is going to behead isolated ministry and you you think that john the baptist dynamic and this is a horrible thing that that people use they they use the john the baptist story to justify isolation and independence and we're not in that season. That season has ended. And what that means is, is it, it involves risk. It involves cost. It involves sacrifice. It involves discomfort. It involves compassion. But it, all, it also carries with it enormous rewards. I think things might not feel like they move as fast, but actually they progress more. So I think the, the the presence of movement isn't necessarily synonymous with the, with the with the 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 definition of progression. I think you can have something moving, but it's not progressing anywhere. Meaning you could be going in a circle; it's moving, but it's not going anywhere. And I think one of the things that God's looking for is is, is for us to have those meaningful connections, where rather than we um, how can I put this impose our latest teaching or our latest idea connect with where people's hearts are at and rather than talking at somebody we actually have a conversation i think that's something that has been forgotten i mean i think sometimes that you can see two people and they're talking but they're not having a conversation because they don't actually listen to what the other person said and it's like are you even talking to each other or are you just firing off ideas at each and i think there's that that level of meaningful heart connection where we have dialogue and we and i think the other thing as well is is in my personal investment of people it's not just because i have all the answers but it's because they have answers as well 
and it becomes mutually beneficial when you begin to be, come to the place where you say, actually, I can learn from you, regardless where I am in the Lord. This is a good, good example with all the tech stuff. My lad, Daniel, he's, he's 15 now. Um, he, uh, he said to me, Dad, do you know when we use, when I search your YouTube channel, do you know I never find your videos? I said, really? He says, no. He says, I only find your videos that other people have posted when I search your name. And the reason why is because I never put my name in my videos because I already know who I am. <laughs> but the point is, is he spotted that. Now, I could have took the attitude of, you're just a kid, you've got nothing to teach me. But I think we're in this place where the Lord really wants us to be in a place where we can actually learn, create a culture where we're teachable and where we can actually sharpen off of each other. And, and I believe he's breaking us away from what has been a wrong model of a pyramid model to more of a, of a level playing field where we begin to spark off of each other and we begin to provoke each other. So that, that I think is, I'm already doing it. I, on a Monday morning, I meet with, um, with three or four people where I do personal mentoring with. And it's been fantastic, just really meaningful where we're just interacting. They're asking questions. I'm asking what they're doing. It's just a different style of ministry to a lot of the stuff that I've been exposed to before. And I think it's something we need to do more. That's brilliant. And, you know, the reality is it, it takes a level of humility to accept that I don't have all the answers. Yeah. Um, but also that, you know, accepting that you, you have a, a calling, a responsibility to contribute, to help, to invest in other people. And um, I'm sure there'll be some people, you know, watching this broadcast say, well, no one's ever reached out to me and no one's ever befriended me. Um, but the reality is, you know, if you're in that place, I would encourage you, we'll reach out. The best way to make great friends is be a great friend. Yeah, and the reality is you're not always, some people you reach out to, it's not always going to be reciprocated. That's okay. Don't take it personally. Just, you know, love on people. Be led by the Holy Spirit as he, as he, you know, as he prompts you to reach out. And I really do believe that in this season that there are actually people that are waiting on you to reach out to them um, who are feeling lonely, who are feeling disconnected. And, yeah. uh, you know, as you sow, you will reap. You know, it says, doesn't it, in the scriptures that the one who refreshes will themselves be refreshed. So there's something about that. Yeah. It'd be very easy to listen to a message like this, say, well, I'm not a king. You know, well, in Christ, you are royalty. You're, you're a royal Absolutely. son, you're a royal daughter. Uh, you know, some of you might say, but I'm not a leader. Well, if you're alive, then you are a leader. You've been called to be an influencer. A leader is basically someone who's called to have influence. We're all called as believers to lead people to Christ. Yeah, We're all called to lead a godly example and yeah. we all have levels of influence there are always people that are watching us following us in some way or another whether it's leadership in the family leadership in the community leadership in the workplace leadership in the education sphere leadership in church i mean we've all been called to to lead and uh, it's important that we that we're taking this stance of you know we want to raise up other mighty men and women of god 
you know, just sometimes, you know, people that maybe are seen as messed up, that have been overlooked, that have been written off, but God has put in greatness in them. And he wants to use your voice and he wants to use my voice to really encourage them, inspire them. And that's why it's amazing, you know, this passage here that you've shared, Simon, that these misfits or supposing misfits were actually willing to lay down their lives just to get a drink of water from the enemy camp. I mean, it was like going into ISIS's camp to get, a, you know, a Coca-Cola. I mean, it was just insane. But that was the level when there's heart connection. Yeah. That's, you know, people are willing to go the extra because they know that David would have done the same uh, for them. Any final thoughts, Simon? Yeah, I, I just on that, I just, I, when I first read it, I thought, I don't know how happy I'd be about this because it says, you know, a little bit later on in the same text, it says, um, verse 16, it says, the three elite warriors broke through the Philistine ranks, drew some water from Bethlehem well, and, and next to the city gate, they brought it back to David, but he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out in the presence of the Lord. And I read that and I thought, I don't know how happy about that I would be if I just, <laughs> if I just battled through the Philistine camp, put my life on the line to get this guy a glass of water, and then I give it to him and he tips down the floor. But, but, but the point is, is that David didn't take ownership of it. It wasn't, it wasn't me centered. It wasn't about what can I get, but David's, David's response is just, the Lord forbid that I should drink this from the blood of men who endangered their lives. And it, and it was just this dynamic that David was not parasitic in his behavior. He wasn't a getter. Even when somebody gave him a gift, he turned that gift back into a gift. And I think that just speaks about the dynamic of the heart that God wants us to have. He doesn't want us to have a getting heart. He wants us to have a giving heart. And even when, we get, when we're given things, we're immediately thinking, how can I give that away? I'll finish with, with this story, which I'm so proud that my daughter did this. Um, she was about 17. And uh, Rebecca, she's going into town. And, and I said to her, here, oh, sweetheart, let me give some money. Go, go and get yourself something in town. And she went off. And uh, she was out with her friends in town and she came back later that day. And I said, you had a good time, babes? And she went, oh, it's been fantastic. I says, all right, what did you do? She says, well, you know that money you gave me? I said, yeah. And she said, I went and bought a load of, cor load of Cornish pasties and bottles of water and gave them away to all of the homeless people on the street. Brilliant. I was absolutely blown away by that, that, it wasn't, I'm going to spend this on myself. I'm going to use it to enrich somebody else. And that, to me, is this personified. It's about us being people that enrich the life of somebody else. That's what this season's about. Brilliant. Love that. Well, Simon, it's been a real pl a pleasure to have you with us uh, sharing on the broadcast. You, would you like to um, close uh, in prayer for us? Yeah, amen. Father, we, we, we want to be like David, who was living in the stronghold. Father, we want to be those who are living. We want to be those who are thriving in every season. And I pray for all of those that are watching now that are going to watch this broadcast 
and I pray that any sense of survival would be replaced with a sense of thriving. I pray that where vision has been lost or where things have become a bit foggy or, 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 or just discouraged, I pray that would just be swept away. And I pray in this season, Lord, that you would just fill us all with a fresh sense of purpose, that the church is the hope of the world because we are the body of Christ. And I pray in this season, just like the wineskin was for the mobilizing of the wine, that Father in us, you'd find people who will take the wine somewhere, will take the message somewhere, will take your presence somewhere. May we be a positive influence to those around us. And Father, we pray that, Lord, you would bless us to be a blessing and you would show us how to enrich and strengthen the lives of others and to be a testimony that the world would look and say, oh my goodness, there's something different about these people and, that, and I want it. So I pray for that right now, Lord Jesus. Empower us to be world changers, nation changers, community changers, family influences, present people of hope in our households in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.